0: funny since the 30 yard line it's like there's a term for you know three quarters of the way there for baseball (laughs) you could
1: look it up i'd just like to say that if you really need to see a pitcher hit you can always watch shohei otani yeah (laughs) Yes. you're good I think the Jays might give up that game just just out of respect. No, that's to him. when they
0: sweep because they want to show up the to show up the <laughs> Mets.
1: <laughs> and welcome to episode number two hundred and twenty-seven of Artificial Turf Wars, where we are proud to announce we did not have to cancel a single regular season podcast, and all of our podcasts in future will be nine innings. I am your host, believe it or not. Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined first of all today by the electric Nick Dyka. Nick how you doing
2: Great happy uh, happy baseball's back
1: And as always my constant companion the dynamic Joshua Hausem. Josh you must be feeling good We are back baby <laughs> We are we are front we are back we are side we're all over the place Uh yeah we were discussing the Jays have already signed <laughs> i'm not gonna lead with that it's too dumb uh yeah you thought they'd sign but we we're actually the reason we're recording this podcast when we are josh full disclosure to the people out there is so that um so that people can now officially start making moves to make our podcast completely irrelevant as is our custom around here We're so, we're men of the people <laughs> we're trying to help <laughs> So, uh, we're going to begin with a general review of all things that happened in the last... Was it 97 days? I feel like it was 97 days.
0: I think 99 was the final tally. Okay, because I
1: thought I had 97 drawings of Mike Trout on baseball Reddit um, to look over, but I may have miscounted. So, point one. Owners suck. I just want to make that absolutely clear. They still suck. Thoughts?
0: Well, I mean... All you have to do is repeat that number again to say, "Yeah." <laughs> <clears throat> you know, like there's no reason that this couldn't have happened two months ago. You know, Rob Manfred comes out and says, "Like, well, you know, deadlines and the use of deadlines is part of the art of negotiation." It's like, like, how about caring about the sport and the product? Like, it, you know, it it does hurt it in the long term when you have long term labor stoppages. We saw it in 1994 and five. This isn't quite the same because they didn't actually miss games but it still affected the way people think about this and yeah so like they ended up moving i think pretty significantly on some of the issues they didn't touch some of the important ones which we'll get to but i i just it's it's hard to still think of this as anything but like to think of them as anything but villains in this scenario and i think that it's really the first time that that's happened in one of these labor deals
2: yeah yeah go ahead nick well, I just think there are kind of attempts to like cancel games and, you know, set things up so that they made it, they tried to, you know, make the players seem like they weren't going to get a response in time. And just like all the kind of like little petty PR maneuvers they were, they were making just like, I don't know. I just found it super like annoying and tired and just so tone deaf to basically like what everybody wants. And and like, Josh was saying, like, what's good for them and what's good for the game, too. It seems so short sighted on their part to to go down this road.
0: Yeah. I mean that's 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 MLB's up op, modus operandi. Basically, is like chase the short term dollar at the expense of the long term value of the sport. Like they just signed this Apple TV deal, which is going to make it so fewer people can watch some games. They got some extra cash, but it's going to hurt people's ability to actually follow and, you know, become interested in baseball. But back to back to what we we're talking about and what you just mentioned specifically. One of the interesting things about that Rob Manfred said after this all finished is that you know the the impact of social media was something they didn't really account for or understand, which shows that they're kind of idiots. But you know, they, they tried all this nonsense, like you said, to like win the PR battle and then it just you know the the social media is smart enough and the news gets out fast enough that they, that just wasn't working.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they were talking to Steve Cohen about uh, something that he had, um, that he, you know, looked like he endorsed that was kind of critical of the ownership position. And then he was like, Oh, I don't even know how to retweet. Well, if you don't even know how to retweet, then you've completely lost the social media game. Right off the bat. Um that's how news travels now is one, you know, one player or one person or one reporter or whatever at a time. It does not come out of a, a league office press release with any effect. Um, and I think the other thing that I, I, before we leave this behind that I need to emphasize is there was no reason that negotiations could not have continued while the players were at spring training.
0: So there's one reason, which I, I so like we said this before and so they couldn't actually just roll over the last CBA. They would be rolling over the last CBA with one major exception. There would be no competitive balance tax. <laughs> yes, because it expired. And there's Right. It's it sunset is the technical term in the last deal, which means that even if they rolled it over, that specific clause was gone. Yeah. <laughs> So there was no way the owners were gonna let that happen. a season play through with no with no tax. And so that's why they did what they did, but it was still all ridiculous. But again, you can get to opening day before you
1: start to mess around with locking players out.
0: Um I yeah, uh, I mean, the off season would have been really hard for teams to navigate if they didn't know what the hell they were doing.
1: Gosh, you know, some teams might just have to spend more than the C B C
0: well I'm not, I'm not saying, um, but this is why they didn't do it, right? Yeah. Like this is was like the owners were protecting them some from themselves,
1: yeah. I just wish they hadn't protected themselves for forty three days before they even like made a meeting with the players, stuff like that, you know, like we so said. I, so, to, so to finish off the topic, the owners still suck, yeah, I think we uh, we've come around nicely on that. okay. so, um things that are absolutely changing that we should we should outlay we have i have five that we talked about beforehand so first one competitive balance tax i.e the not salary cap is going to increase to 230 million right away from was it 210 200 I, I think that's it. right yeah yeah so that's actually a fairly significant jump um and it continues to increase over the course of this agreement which for the players, since it does effectively seem to be a cap for the big spending teams, I mean, it, it, it compared to what apparently they were offered off the hop, I think it's a big improvement.
2: Is it? Is it really? Because like when you think about a twenty million dollar increase, that's one you know, Hyunjin Ryu or like one kind of like frontline player.
0: Sure, but if you think of that in the context of thirty teams, okay, oh, not thirty, the ten teams that approach it, that's two hundred million dollars. <throat> Right. And, and, it's, and that's, it's
1: it's it's ten percent of give or take, it's like eight percent of, of the total payroll. Um so if you're trying to if you're trying to catch up to inflation, that's not that bad.
0: Yeah, so like they didn't you know they they didn't quite get there and they're not matching revenue growth, but that that was unfortunately just never going to happen without a severe work stoppage that probably wipes out the entire season. To make that kind of monumental change which we're going to get to some of the things they wanted, but didn't get, you have to shut down the the sport. Cause it, like, there's no way that that negotiation is going to take any length or have any power until people start feeling financial risk. So, you know, they got an extra 20 million in this and it goes up to 244 million by the end of the deal. Um, you know, the owners originally were offering to, you know, they were like their first few offers. They were like two pushing it to two fourteen and staying stagnant for three years. And, <laughs> You know, like it was all this was the nonsense where they were not negotiating for real until they had deadlines to deal with. But, you know, to gain 20 million and then each threshold, there's fourth. There's there's thresholds for additional penalties at every additional 20 million dollars. And there's the Steve Cohen tax, which they put in at 60 million dollars above, which didn't used to be in there. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> so apparently that made some Mets players like think about not voting for the deal because they wanted Steve Cohen to just keep throwing money at it. <clears throat> I mean, it's not it's not
1: wrong if you're a Mets player. <laughs>
0: just, no. Gotta, absolutely
1: not. Especially if you're a player who's been in the Mets system from day one and is decent. Like seems like it would be easier to get
0: that out of Cohen than it would anywhere else. But hey, uh, they but, got what they got. But, yeah, but anyway, I just think that this is a significant change that they've made. And now, you're like you're right, Nick, it is one Ryu, but it's you know, it's ten of those, right? And or fifteen Steven Matzes or you know, guys that are gonna get money that it wasn't available before.
1: Yeah, totally. Right. Um, the second one that they increased was minimum salary, which is an even bigger percentage jump. And I, I think, uh, as far as this, as a position that the players' association was taking as to what they were trying to accomplish with getting young players a better deal, the, the one of the two pieces as the minimum salary going up to uh, 700,000 or seven hundred, mm-hmm. yeah, 700,000 right off the bat. Um, I think that's it's sort of the, the principle that it's based on, I think, looks good whether you're in favor of the millionaire players or the billionaire owners in this deal. Um, your thoughts, Nick, on on an actual minimum salary jump like that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that's not talked a lot about in relation to to baseball is most of the players who play in the major leagues are there for a couple years like what's you know i i don't know the actual average length i think i read somewhere it was like 3 years you like the average player spends 3 years in the major leagues and so when we think about you know the guys on the blue jays we're not thinking about all those guys who come up for you know and maybe play 9 months of major league baseball over three years and that's their career and they've spent their whole life you know trying to get there and uh long story short is i think it's really helpful for a bunch of people that actually the money means much more to than you know someone who's trying to figure out if they're going to sign for 22 million a year or 24 million a year uh and i think that's that's really helpful so this this to me is when we're talking about how like equitable the new CBA is. It's like I think the minimum salary is where you really kind of evaluate how much how much they've kind of like improved their overall position as players.
0: Yeah, and it's two point seven years is the the average length by the way. But uh okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah wow. Was, was well, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I just looked it up while you we were talking. I didn't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so one of the you know, the things about this, like it was always framed as like billionaires against millionaires, except most major league baseball players are not millionaires. I think it was 52% of players in the league last year were um, playing for the minimum salary. Right. And a a huge chunk of those people are up and down from the minors, you know? So like when they're down in the minors, they're, they're making pennies so that they're, they're actually, I I can't remember one of the players in the Padre system. I think it was, who's like, yeah, it's like, okay, technically I'm on a 40 man roster and I played in the big leagues, but last year I made $50,000. Yeah, right. Which is, you know, it's still a it's a a livable salary, obviously, but it's not remotely. I mean, that's not even different than just the regular world. So,
2: also, you have an agent that's taking some of it. You're responsible for living probably in multiple places during the year. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. There's a
2: million things. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, that this was one of the things that they identified as. So the so the public facing argument of the players was they wanted two things out of this deal. They wanted young players to get paid. Earlier, and they wanted to increase competition, we can get to whether they accomplished the second thing in a bit, but with this one, they absolutely did they, you know they they got a significant bump. it was five hundred and eighty thousand last year, so I mean that's that's huge, huge difference,
1: yeah any anybody would take a twenty percent raise at, no matter what they were making, right um yep and and the second piece of that is the bonus pool for young players, which is to say the Juan Soto's and Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s of the world and, and you know, once upon a time, the Bryce Harper's and the Mike Trout's. This has been an ongoing problem that when a superstar comes out of nowhere, regardless of, of what team they play for and has a, has a you know, a beyond rookie of the year campaign, everyone complains that their team gives them like, oh, here's here's 20 grand extra. See you later because we don't have to pay you a dime. And from... From an economic perspective, I get why the teams are doing that. But from a PR perspective, it would be, it, it just looks better for everybody. If there's, there's an actual pool of money to bonus these people out with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think too. And I don't, you know, I don't follow football super closely, so I don't know how much this is going on, but like we're seeing, we're seeing players that are two sport stars pick football over baseball. And. I think part of it has to do with the fact that it does take so long to get paid in baseball and the fact that you can't come up, you know, you're going to play years in the minor leagues then you're going to come up and be under team control for six years. It's like one part of this that I think we're, you know, the owners are short sighted on is you're going to lose good athletes to other sports. If you suppress young players, wages like this, hopefully the bonus pool does something to, to mitigate that. But I don't know if it does enough.
0: I don't think it does um, because it's only limited to the top 100 players. But the real the biggest chunk of it is limited to people who are award vote finishers. And, you know, obviously, like you, that means you have to be one of the best players in the league in order just to get to gain from the pool, really. But but I I just think that the minor league pays the one that's going to have to change the most in order to stop that, because if you're Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, he was a—he's a rare example because he was such a high pick in both sports. But you know, he got three million dollar bonus, I think it was, from the A's, or a thirty-six million dollar contract from the Arizona Cardinals, and he gets to go into the league right away. Like it's—I mean, it's a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, it, baseball is—it's so strange, and it, it's the only sport that doesn't want like the best players playing immediately um, when they're when they're ready. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that's that's got to get fixed and. I feel like the CB, CBA didn't do enough to fix that.
0: Yeah, and part of it is that technically. <clears throat> so one thing I don't want to go too into the weeds on this. Technically, the owners don't have to listen if the players want to talk about minor league pay.
2: Because it's a separate union.
0: Right. No so union. E- either side, they can agree to negotiate it, like they are with this with this international draft, for example, which but. They, if one side doesn't want to include it in talks, the other side cannot, uh, like, make any unfair labor practices about it because it's not part of their union. Yeah. So that you basically, the owners just need to step up, and you know, based on what we just said, the stop at the top of the show. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But, <laughs> yeah, we hmm. <laughs> we already covered that with one sentence. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly run down how this pool works um So it's a fifty million dollar pool. Players wanted about hundred million dollars. The owners wanted to give ten, so they met in the middle-ish. Um, so, so it's only for people who aren't eligible for arbitration, and it's like the most you can get is two point five million if you win the MVP or Cy Young award, and then the the tier the the values drop by basically two hundred fifty thousand based on runner-up, third place, fourth place, and then Rookie of the Year, same thing, and then. Whatever's left from that goes to the next hundred top hundred based on some war formula that they have not figured out yet. They're gonna figure that out by Canada Day. It's weird and unnecessarily complicated, but it's something. It is something. Like anything that just gives some players some money sooner, I think, is a win. That didn't exist before specifically. That's why I think this is matters because they got something in there. it's one thing to raise the minimum salary or raise the cbt but they actually got something to be thrown in that did not exist prior and that's tough to do
1: having been in a contract negotiation um obviously not of of these stakes adding language to a contract is the toughest thing to get negotiated like just adding a, a whole cloth cause to a contract just makes people push away from the table and be like why do we need this eliminating clauses usually not not too much trouble uh, but but yeah, but adding stuff is is usually just brutal. So I agree that that they've done a, bit, a good job just to get it in there because now you can you can ask. There's no sunset clause on it. Next time, that's there. The language for the bonus pool exists in whatever five years when it comes around to negotiate it again, and you can start from there and talk about what's going to happen to it. Yep. Uh, I'm going to wave a big stick around and distract everybody. A big flag. Playoff expansion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Twelve teams
1: okay uh can we all agree
0: that 14 teams was gonna be stupid? oh God <laughs> although it did lead to one of the funniest things from the entire lockout so the the players were like completely against the uh, the MLB against MLB's uh suggestion for a 14 team playoff which was basically there was no advantage to finishing no real advantage to finishing with the second best record or the sixth best <clears throat> or seventh best. So so the player's counter was a five game series where the, the division winners get a like a ghost win, they called it. And then John Heyman puts out that MLB is they don't want to like this. And then and then he ended his tweet with MLB is against ghosts. Oh
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> which was just really funny to read at you know, it was like twelve thirty at night in the middle of all this labor nonsense. So Well, they weren't against anyway. the ghost runner. They're they're only no, against just ghosts ghost
1: team. Ghost general. <laughs> yeah um yeah i i still don't like playoff expansion um but we did get rid of the sudden death game right which which i
0: actually loved
1: yeah 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 so now everything's a series again
0: and actually they completely got rid of the sudden death game because there is no longer a game 163 in the event of a tie
2: oh yeah it's like based on head-to-head like nfl style like head-to-head record stuff
0: yeah, like a, a series of tiebreakers with head to head being the first one. And, you know, if so he keeps talking about football. I'm going to have to move him
1: over to a new podcast.
0: No, oh. he just, he'll just fit right in with the reporters who kept on talking about this negotiations being on the two yard line or the 30 yard line. The funny thing is, the 30 yard line, it's like there's a term for, you know, three quarters of the way there for baseball. <laughs> you could look it up. <laughs>
1: oh, dear. Uh I think it's, yeah, it's a sign of the times. Baseball has, has left the vernacular, I think. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, any other thoughts on the playoff format? Anyone you know thrilled about it? Nick,
2: Yeah, I mean, I personally, as a fan, I enjoy the longer series. And to me, if you were going to explain the playoffs, I would rather the, the current take the, the format from like last year and have, uh, have the first round be five game series as well. Um, I just find it's, it's more exciting over, over a little bit of longer period of time. There's less randomness and just to the excitement part, like storylines build up, you know, like when the Jays played the Royals in the ALCS after a year where there was bad blood, like having seven games to get to like, see things play out and have little, you know, feuds emerge and things like that. I I enjoy that more than I think I enjoy the kind of like three games and done uh style playoffs but I'm not an owner I don't make more money when my team gets one home game and then gets dummied by the Astros so what do I know
0: there isn't even one home game (laughs) um so the way oh yeah it's
2: all three at the at the higher seed yeah so Um, basically the idea was well, as a fan, that's disappointing too, because there's a chance your team could be in the playoffs and you'll never get to see a game.
0: Although similarly before, if your team was in the wild card, there's one a chance game. for that too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Um so I, I think that it
0: lowers the value of winning a division a little bit. Um, but at least the top two division winners get to skip right past this as opposed to the original one, like the the owner one, which was only the top team. But yeah, I don't know. uh, I think I think I'll still enjoy watching it. I mean, I I, I don't love going to this many teams, but you know, it's not like I'm going to complain if the Blue Jays come in as the sixth best team in the league. You know, (laughs) like
2: yeah, 2020 was was enjoyable. Like when they had the A team playoffs. I know it's not that expanded, but yeah, thank God. It's generally something. It's generally something like I feel like it's almost you could call anything playoffs, and it would be exciting for as the Jays fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're I and there's a chance. I,
1: I, yeah, I know this will never happen, but i I wish when they keep doing this, they would they would accompany it by shortening the season back to one hundred and fifty four games. Um, I'm sure the owners would love to do that. Well, I mean, you're how much are uh, how much attendance or gate are you getting out of those six games of the regular season for the average team? Versus how much are you getting for the playoff teams with the, you know, the jacked up ticket prices and the additional TV revenue and everything else? Like I, I, I know you're losing a bit, but you're I think you're tightening up the season and you're making it so you don't end. Is the season going to end November 9th now? 10th? Like, right before Christmas, you'll have your World Series champion.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you, what you're describing is exactly why people thought the owners were not rushing this because they don't care about these first couple weeks of April games. They'd rather just lose them entirely because they get most of their money from the end of the season.
1: So, yeah, uh, uh, anyway, um, I would be fine with that, but you know, like I said, it's never going to happen. Uh, last but not least, the designated hitter, which as you alluded to, I think Josh, a couple of times while we were talking about this, I think even back, maybe even before the lockout, there was going to be a DH in both leagues, but man, that's a long time coming.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, pitchers suck. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's fun to see Bartolo Cologne hit a bomb or Hyunjin Ryu hit a home run or Marcus Stroman get a RBI double and in extra innings. Like, yeah, but that happens one out of every, what, 80 pitcher at bats. I mean, <laughs> they suck. And I don't want to see Teosca Hernandez suddenly being taken out of the lineup in the eighth inning, and then they and then we get to extra innings, and it's like, you know, they, uh, I don't know, Reese McGuire is hitting in the four spot. Like I, I just, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't want to see it. Just uh,
2: prevents injuries too, like you know,
0: yeah, like Jacob that, Degrom got hurt from his from swinging. Yeah.
2: yeah, didn't didn't Max Scherzer like break his nose or something, and he still pitched, but. Assuming that was anyone else, they would have yeah. been out. Yeah, well, I mean, there've been players
0: whose careers were ruined from the pitchers, like him, like Chen Ming Wang.
2: Really, what to him? He, he he
0: uh he tore his Achilles running the bases.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. I don't think. Yeah, I feel like if there's anything everyone here is in unanimous agreement, it's that like the DH is a very welcome addition. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't yeah. think that we to go much beyond that. I'd yeah. just like to
1: say that if you really need to see a pitcher hit, you can always watch Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> One is enough. Um, all right. So we probably should talk about, uh, do we want to talk about, before we go to questions, do we want to talk about the things that did not change? Um, a couple of them? Or, or are kind of still up in the air? Uh, number one being the players giving up on modifications to the free agent timing structure, super two status, all of that never came to uh, never came to like it came to the table and it it was one of the it sounds like one of the first things they had to give up on.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, the, the owners said from the beginning we will not de- we will not negotiate on revenue sharing. Pre-agency um, earlier or earlier arbitration, which I don't know how they're able to do that. Is it's like it's part of this the the CBA. How can they say they won't negotiate on it and it be considered for a labor practice? I don't I don't get that, but they stuck to that, and the players basically decided they were not going to get that in this round. Um, so they were going to get what they could and fight live to fight another day.
1: Yeah, I feel like. Like that's really in the long run going to hold the sport back that, that sticking with six years um, and, and not, you know, and having this whole, did you have enough service time this year? Like if it was whole years for service time, if as soon as you got called up, you immediately qualified, that would actually have ended a lot of the service time manipulation,
0: right? Does that not seem simple? <laughs> yeah. Although the downside to that is you would like Boba for example, never comes up in August of 2019 fair enough like uh, it's it, it's yeah. a thing that it takes a, would take a lot of discussion to figure out the ideal way to do it I don't have an answer for it but they obviously didn't get one mm.
2: with one party not I mean, trying at all <laughs> yeah and and to tie this to you know the players bigger concern which is teams not being competitive this is the one to me one of like the biggest indications that teams don't act. Uh, in their best interest all the time because when you're keeping your best players in the minor leagues, you're not being as competitive as, as you need to be. And you've seen, you know, when, when people do this and it goes well, like uh, the Mets called up Alonzo at the beginning of the year and he, did he lead the league in home runs? I know he was like one of the only rookies to hit 50. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's just, you're hurting your team. And I can see why that's like a point of just like, deep frustration for a group of athletes who, you know, are more competitive than anyone on the planet.
0: So they tried to put in some protections against this, which were, I think, ultimately going to be a little toothless. If a player finishes in the top two of Ricky of the Year voting, he automatically gets the, the full year of service. So even, so like if, you know, Vlad was actually injured, so they didn't act, technically play service time games with him. They were going to, but they didn't get the chance. <clears throat> but if he had come up, you know, in May or whatever he did or late April and just mashed under the new rule, he would have still gotten the full year of service. Because he would have finished in the top two of rookie of the year. And then there's also, you can get draft picks if you call a guy up on opening day and he finishes in certain things, which I think is like rewarding teams for doing the right thing, which I think is insane. But I don't know how much of an effect those rules are going to have, but at least they tried in some way to do something about it.
1: And again, it creates language in the contract. Potentially down the road for like, did it work or did it not work? Right. If you never try it, um, then you're you're starting from scratch next time. So, uh, I think the union was trying to do as much as they could now, but also compared to the last CBA, it seems like the union is trying to position themselves to to you know chip away at some of these ideas on an ongoing basis.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I'm talking a lot, Nick. But I just say this quickly. No, no the, the owners did that. That's how they turned the CBA, or the CB, the CBT, the, the, the luxury tax, into the cap by slowly from its introduction, making it just a little more onerous, a little more punitive <laughs> with various things. And then all of a sudden, it was a cap. And so the, the players are going to try to do the opposite, you know, because they actually know what they're doing now.
1: Yeah. Um, did we talk about the international draft here? I guess we do, because it's, it was apparently the last thing on the table. Um, which uh, is, is the most, you know, sort of contentious issue. And, it, like, I get that it exists within the CBA, but in some respects, you know, those players from, from Latin America are currently not in the CBA. They are all free agents. Um, I don't even understand this issue other than it did not work out well at all for Puerto Rico.
0: So, okay, I should quickly. I think it's a really bad comparison. Because Which is why I don't Puerto- understand the
1: issue. <laughs> well, well no, at, at
0: the time that Puerto Ricans got put into the amateur draft, the Rule Four draft, that the, you know the, all the Canadians and Americans are in, that was back when you could basically sign minor league or uh, international free agents to whatever you wanted. You can't do that anymore because of the bonus caps that they've put in place. So technically, look. This is not me advocating for the draft, but the proposal that the league put forward actually would have guaranteed more money. In the draft to 600 players, than a thousand players got in each of the last two, uh, last two July second yeah. international creation agent periods. So financially, it could have been better, but they lose agency, and then there's all kinds of other things that have to go into it, which is why trying to rush it into a CBA was never going to work, and then and it didn't. So they're gonna they pushed it down to July 15th.
1: and and there's still the potential that there is no international draft if they can't agree on something by july 15th correct
0: right if they so basically the way it works is if they do agree on something the qualifying offer goes away
1: which if they don't yeah so the the qualifying offer has been a huge obstacle for free agents but making them effectively not so free for the last uh well i mean forever but uh especially noticeable for those mid-tier free agents in the last five years right
0: yeah, I mean, it only really affects probably two to three players a year because, you know, like Carlos Correa and Corey Seager didn't see their markets change because of the qualifying offer. But anyway, so that's the thing. If they agree to something by July 15th for an international draft, qualifying offer goes away. And for the first time since free agency existed, there will be no free agency compens- compensation. Otherwise, it stays the status quo.
1: We put we finally put the free in free agency. Uh <laughs> Maybe. <it. laughs>
2: All right. Ask us in July.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, major issues that aren't... Because we'll talk about the 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 on-the-field stuff uh, after questions. Um, But any major issues that I've missed here on the things that fell off the table real quick?
0: I don't think so. All right. Cool.
1: So that is to say, uh, yeah, we'll be back with some questions from our lovely listeners. I'm glad you remember our Twitter handle, and uh, we will answer a couple of you right after this and after a big breath in and out and a little stretch we are back and most importantly you guys are back asking us things
0: time now to hear from our
2: listeners that just seems silly here are the rules first i ask a question then you ask a question Now, how does that sound sweetheart could you repeat the question, please?
1: Several weeks go by, and I forget. We have a, um, an email address at Artificial Turf Wars, and then Josh reminds me because he gets a question for the podcast.
0: Josh. Yeah, so this came in from Deco Cuff, one of our patrons. Thank you so much, as always. He actually emailed this back in December, and then I, because I'm a jerk, I forgot about it the last time we did a podcast. So here we go. Thankfully, <laughs> the, the question is not relevant.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So he says, when Randall Gritrick signed his current deal, I believe your, meaning my, Josh, opinion was that if he was being signed to play center field, the deal made sense. But if he was to play a corner outfield position, his bat wasn't consistent enough to warrant that kind of money. Question, what's your evaluation of the first three years of the contract? He's played a quite a bit of center field, and do you predict he'll be worth $10 million a season for 2022 and 2023? For record, it's not quite $10 million, It's $9.33 million. But anyway.
1: Close enough.
0: Uh, I'll let you guys talk about what you think of uh, whether he's been worth it so far. I'll, I'll weigh in after, since he showed what I said originally. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think it's not the best contract uh, in terms of the value you're extracting from it, but uh, it's not the worst either. And I think you know, ten million dollars sounds like a lot of money to to us. And you know, Grichik's the kind of player where kind of the weaknesses in his game are ones that are particularly frustrating to for fans to watch and that, you know, he swings and misses a lot and he goes on hot streaks and cold streaks. But I I don't think it's been a disaster by, uh, by any means. Um, you know, he's been worth about half a win a year and that's oddly, like it's pretty close to, to full-time at bats. Um, so it could have been worse it but I don't think it's a you know the the front office probably isn't celebrating it either. It's it's nice to have a guy in the who's kind of like the fourth outfielder now who you can throw in at center for for two weeks if somebody gets hurt and can kind of move around a little bit. So that's kind of my take on it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the issue was always the length of the contract. They're locking into that guy for 5 years if he's not your plan for full-time center field which he wasn't and he just didn't hit quite well enough. So not a disaster but not good enough sorry go ahead greg i was gonna say
1: he's exactly the guy st louis called up when he was 22 years old if, if you read so if you thought that guy was worth 10 million dollars i guess, as a free agent i guess you think he's worth that trouble but i never i never got it like his on base percentage like either it's 280 or about 310 uh, his his ops plus is either 90 or about 110 like the i i think The thought was sort of that there would be a breakout and he could play center field, but I the breakout is never going to come. He's 29 years old. So I I think it was a bad bet, personally. I think you could probably fill that roster spot. The only saving grace was that George Springer was apparently made of glass last year.
0: Yeah. So just just for record, when the deal was signed, the the RBPs were still not good, but he'd come off seasons of OPS plus of 134, 102, 95, 117. So three years of average or, or slightly above, in one very good year. Um, so, if that guy's a center fielder who had been a plus center fielder in St. Louis, that's worthwhile player. But that's just not what he's been here. So, oh well.
1: Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, question number two, which I think is you know the kind of hard hitting stuff that we handle here. Uh, are those bases bigger, or are you just happy to see me from Kevin at Kevin <laughs> Chase Four? Um, I think that's for you, uh, Josh, obviously.
0: <laughs> Not yet. Not until 2023. Um... <laughs> but are you happy to see him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to see you, Kevin. Absolutely. We're happy to <laughs> see these questions because it means we're recording a podcast and baseball's happening.
1: Um,
0: L at Ellie Heart says, if you were worth $3.2
1: billion, well, you can stop me right there. Like, I don't even... I certainly wouldn't be reading these questions, uh, like the average MLB owner. What would you have been doing with your time leading up to the season instead of haggling to raise the luxury tax threshold by an amount that's below inflation? Nick, how do you keep busy if you're worth three point two billion dollars?
2: Uh, I one day hope to find out. Um, yeah, it it seems like yeah. You know, I, I I don't know. This is this is not a baseball answer, but I don't understand the like those amounts of money, but. I can't imagine haggling over money if I had, if I had that much of it, um, that seems like that's the, the point of money is to not worry about money. That the point of that much money is to not worry about money. So I would be, I would be probably, you know what? If I had that money, I'd be annoying the general manager. Is what I'd be doing. I'd be yeah, the gen- absolutely. I, I'd be the one who's <laughs> the, the owner who's a pain in the ass because I'd be like, "Are you sure you don't want to do this?" Like, I did this on my fantasy team last year, and he broke out or blah, whatever. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I'd be annoying. Yeah. Uh,
1: if I were with three point two billion, I don't think I'd own an MLB team. I would. I feel like I would be doing other things with my time completely. I, I would actually
0: want to own the MLB team if I had three point two billion dollars, oh yeah, I
1: just hope I wouldn't be the guy trying to figure out how to fit my small super yacht inside my larger super yacht so I could take my super yachts around <laughs> together anything would be in that guy uh other than owning the team Josh
0: what anything you would be uh, doing with your three point two billion I don't know traveling I guess' <laughs> just, just investing in like weird we to, like, like, to Mars? <laughs> yeah. <that's... Elon> Musk. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, I have no idea. I can't even fathom having so much money, so let's just move on. <laughs> uh, Craig Kennedy
1: asks, uh, it first says it would never happen, uh, but what if the playoffs didn't exist? Balanced schedule 162 for the championship. Man, that sounds boring. Uh, wouldn't that motivate spending on veteran depth and boost TV revenue for games that are generally boring for most of the season? Better than a 14 team team playoffs after 162, absolutely what? not. Yeah.
0: Like it would be so boring for most teams. It's like, look at last year. It's like, okay, the Giants and the Dodgers the only teams who had a shot. Everybody else, they'd be out of it by July. Well, it yeah. sounds
2: like he's going he's going halfway to like European soccer. And so the drama in that comes from the fact that if you're at the bottom, you're at risk of being relegated. So maybe if you introduce that into the 162 for the championship, maybe that gives some Interest for the, the double-A Pittsburgh the, Pirates. Yeah. And then the teams in the middle have to decide if they're going to like trade their players to, to the the teams at the top to make a run for the championship or the teams at the bottom to it would suck to try <laughs> to get out of it. Yeah. You, it know, would you know, suck <laughs> yeah, I, I will like, say this for, for soccer. The one thing they don't have that baseball has is teams tanking and, and not trying.
0: No, but, but I mean, yeah, so maybe what you're saying would eliminate tanking, but okay. In, in this scenario, do you think there's any situation where it's not the Dodgers and the Yankees and now the Mets, like the best teams every single year, because they just can afford to spend to stupid levels more than like, for example, like Rogers will never do that because they're corporately owned; they can't do it because it pisses off their shareholders. So the Jays would never contend; it would suck.
2: <laughs> it's it's true because as much as soccer does have that setup it seems like the same teams are always at the top of the table yep
1: anyway moving on church at dave underscore church asked the just the kind of question that i've come to expect from dave which is do the blue jays sweep the world series or do they just let it get to five games uh in brackets the gentleman's sweep i believe it's called (laughs)
2: depends depends on the other team depends on who they're playing yeah i mean
1: yeah but if there's if there's a number one starter on the other team, uh you know, if there's a if there's a Max Scherzer on the other team, I think I think the Jays might give up that game just just out of respect. No, that's to when him. they
0: sweep because they want to show up the to show up the <laughs> Mets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated now. I it, I thought it was simple, but it turns out it's complicated. <laughs> uh C is the means of run production at split letters. Thank you for as as Josh, already praised your new name, but um, they keep changing and they're always amusing. How many Jays transactions will be announced between you guys finishing recording and the podcast getting published? Uh, Nick, how many transactions?
2: <laughs> I'm hoping there's a catal Marte trade and the Jays sign Carlos Rodon. So two.
0: Well, apparently the Giants are about to sign Carlos Rodon or it's it's could hey, happen minute. quickly. So...
1: Okay, I thought there was going to be a, a relationship euphemism there, but we're they're, they're not getting <laughs> close. They're not they're not no. entertaining one another. They're not having dinner. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was going to say all of them, but I don't know. I
0: think well, it depends how long it takes to get edit to happen for us to get it up. If we yeah. get it up, like you know, to go this more go tonight maybe one if it's tomorrow uh, the jays offseason will be over
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were saying this before we started it's gonna be a fun couple of weeks though uh in terms of baseball like the the hot stove is going to be burning yep uh
1: baseball ball her at baseball her says i'm so happy for you you know what Ballher? we're
2: happy for you 100 yeah. percent.
1: and all you, baseball fans yeah you're gonna have baseball uh, and the last question I have on the list is Brennan Delaney at Brennan underscore L
2: underscore D. Why shouldn't the Jays trade, f- uh, trade for J Rail? Nick? Because they're going to trade for Catal Marte. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. No, no but uh, jokes aside, I do think Marte is a little bit younger. Um, I'm guessing he wouldn't cost as much. Is that a fair assessment? I don't know assessment? if that's true because he's also a no. lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, but that 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 flexibility, because he is cheaper, is, is helpful for the Jays, too, especially in the next couple of years. Positionally, he's not as good a fit. Because he plays second as opposed to right. third. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'd take
0: Kaltel Marte in a heartbeat. The real answer is just they, because Cleveland's probably going to ask for the moon because they don't need to trade him, and they're more likely to make the postseason with the new system than they were under the old one.
1: <laughs> Indeed. All right, that concludes our questions, which means we get to move over uh, real quick. To a gold star, because we can't... We can't not have a gold star, as Josh pointed out to me earlier. I think that's rather brilliant.
2: So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star.
0: You enjoy that. You've earned it.
1: Uh, Gold star goes to Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks. I uh, was told we had a clip, and I was excited to play a clip. And then I listened to the clip, and I thought, we can't play that clip. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing but profanity in the clip. Um, <laughs> Liam Hendricks... Is is in spring training, and uh, he is in mid season form as to what how he expresses his disappointment about a poorly delivered pitch.
0: Yeah, I just the gold stars are Liam Hendricks caring so much about baseball that he throws one bad pitch, and it wasn't even horrible; it was just high in live batting practice, and he just starts cursing up a storm (laughs) because he's upset at himself. I love it. I love that guy cares that much. Yeah,
2: I thought uh, I thought he hurt himself. I didn't realize he had a propensity to do that. He hurt his feelings. Yeah.
0: And uh, so, yeah, the Giants did sign Radon. That's that's not happening. Wow. So
1: uh, the podcast is still correct because before the end of the podcast, we corrected the speculation from the middle of the podcast. So don't worry. Still a chance for uh, it to be out of date in a Jay's transaction-related manner in the very near future. Uh, We do have a few things to talk about in terms of the the on-the-field aspects of uh, the rule changes. And I got to open the right window. Things that we don't have anymore. Runners on second base in extra innings. Can I have a round of applause? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, That seems to me to be a bit of a no-brainer. No... it did any? I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said it was exciting. I'm like, no, it's stupid. And then I didn't discuss it with them any further. Um, double headers will not be seven innings anymore. I am mildly disappointed about that only because the Jays had no bullpen last year at those <laughs> last two innings. And I felt like we had better chances. But with a real bullpen, I would much rather have nine inning games. Your thoughts,
2: uh, Nick? I actually don't mind the shorter games because it, the baseball season's so long. I just feel like, I don't get anything out of that. You know, that 7 p.m. game that's going on at 12:15 and they're in the 16th inning and some backup catcher is pitching. I don't I don't enjoy that that much and I think it is probably like a risk to the players to But that you know, almost never happens.
0: Like I remember looking right. at the numbers. It was like I think it was 12 games in 2019 made it past to the 11th inning all season. And right. So to put in a rule that affects the tenth inning of games was just insane. Like if they wanted to put that thing in the twelfth inning, it's like okay, we're getting to the marathon territory now. Let's move things along. I would have been less opposed to it, but
2: right away, and 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 it affected how bullpen used, bullpens were used in the ninth inning of games. It, it was just dumb. I didn't understand why they had one out. That was the thing that didn't make any sense to me. There wasn't one out. There, there wasn't one, one out. out. What? No, Before, the runner started on second. Runner on second. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. You're okay, Nick. Nick. Nick has been
1: a apparently, long time away from baseball. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, uh, you can now not uh, just option out a player to the minors an infinite number of times, which uh, there's only a couple of people that will affect, but I feel those people will appreciate that so they don't get taxied up and down from the minors more than five times in a given season. Um, so it does hopefully stabilize some of the more ridiculous roster um Moves that go on. Those are the ones I have yeah. written down. There are more potentially coming. Uh, would you like to explain how the... It might be a rule, but it's not just yet. 2023 thing works, Josh?
0: Sure, we'll get to the most important change for 2023 after this, but there's basically the league now has the right... Well, the the competition committee, which is six league members, four players, and an umpire, so the league can do whatever it wants, um, has the right to put in rule changes within 45 days of the end of the season. So the ones that were talked about were pitch clocks, slightly bigger bases and banning shifts, but nothing has actually been put in yet or anything else that they could talk about. So it's just something that we'll have to watch for. Indeed.
1: Uh, I feel we've, we've discussed with Dr. Mike son, how pitch clocks would be detrimental. Um, I think trying to ban the shift I feel like it's going to end up with lines on the field that don't need to be on the field, and it affects my baseball sensibilities. But it hasn't happened yet, so I'm okay with it so far. Um, Bigger bases.
2: I don't know why. That just just sounds funny. Uh, (laughs) Any other thoughts on
1: those ones, Nick?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't... I'm I'm, uh, not really into banning the shift, but I guess, I don't know, players seems to think... It, it hurts their their development as hitters, you know, like guys like Gallo and Brian McCann and all those all those hitters feel like they've lost, you know, 30 points of batting average because of it. But
0: Brian McCann. We should reach your back for that one.
2: Well I'm just thinking I was just thinking of guys who like, you know, were hitting like two two forty and now we are hitting two hundred or whatever. But uh but yeah, no, I I don't know. I don't think Banning the shift is necessary, but I, I don't make my money by hitting 100-mile-an-hour line drives into, into left field. Uh, Josh, you, you had a biggest, most important
0: change? Yeah, the schedule is changing. Oh, yeah. In 2023, starting 2023, every team will now play each of the 29 other teams as opposed to just one division from the interleague. And which. the way that they're getting to that is by eliminating some of the extra intra-divisional games. So that means they're not going to play the Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox 57 times a season, you know, a third of their schedule against those three teams, which is awesome.
2: <laughs> is it is it one series or two?
0: One series, I believe, against each team oh.
2: around the league. So and, we'll get to see Fernando Tatis every second year in Toronto.
0: I think that's what it is. They haven't, they haven't decided, they haven't said specifically how it's going to be worked out yet so we don't know it could be two series but whatever it is the point is we'll see these teams that we wouldn't always see and we don't have to see the raise 19 times
2: a year yeah. I love your is, laser is, focus on Fernando Tatis <laughs> there that's just is yeah. amazing but this is a balancing of the schedule and somewhat it's, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's it's not completely balanced but it's in the right direction
2: yeah 100% uh,
1: so, I, good job. I'm all for it uh yeah, so I think that brings us to the end of all these talking points I have written down, which was much longer than normal, Um, which means I'm going to turn it over to you, Josh, here as we go to sunset in the podcast to give me a final thought.
0: Yeah, I'm just we didn't talk about Blue Jays transactions and needs and stuff like that. You know, we joked about Catel Marte and Jose Ramirez and all that, but they'll, have, they'll happen when they happen. You know, we all know what they need. Third base, another starter, maybe reliever left-handed bat, whatever. Uh, My my final thought is that it's just fun to see actual baseball clips again. You know, we saw Vlad ripping two pitches off of Jordan Romano. (laughs) (laughs) And then Nate Pearson making Vlad look bad, which was actually kind of fun to see too, because hell yeah, Nate Pearson. And I just love it. I love seeing baseball again. Indeed. Nick, a final thought?
2: Yeah, just kind of like jumping off Josh's. It's, you know, having followed baseball off seasons for, for 15 years, you, I wouldn't have thought it was such uh, it would, there would be such a difference with a, with a lockout, but even just not having those things like people reporting to spring training, all the discussion around signings and trades that normally happens from, you know, December to, to February, it's, it's nice to see it, even if it's not uh, full games yet yeah
1: yeah uh i have a far more cerebral final thought um wow okay due (laughs) to current vaccination restrictions uh with border crossings (laughs) unvaccinated players cannot cross the border into canada to play in toronto um which means if this continues into the season you're going to get some really strange rosters on certain teams um most of which will work in the blue jays favor so I'm all for border restrictions where you can keep the best players in the league out of Toronto. I don't really need to see the Aaron judges and Bryce Harper's of the world. Uh, Aaron, that judge badly.
0: Is, Aaron judge is not vaccinated or at least he wasn't last year. So you might not. Um, yeah, that's literally, those are two
1: examples that came up as guys who, um, but believe me that the lament from, from the Mariners uh, fans. And I think the Royals fans, which are teams that had not hit the 85% threshold about how rough a day it's going to be in Toronto. Um, uh, or series is going to be in Toronto was was very loud. Also, those players are on the restricted list.
0: Do yeah, not get so paid get and, and
1: do time. not accumulate service time for the series in Toronto. So maybe like, that'll push someone to get vaccinated. I don't know.
0: That could really screw someone who's on the threshold of getting to Super Two or to, you know, getting to free agency if they lose. If it's an, if they say it's someone in the division. If they lose nine days of service, that could be big. If yeah. only
2: there was like an easy and safe way to circumvent that. Well, that's
0: the point. <laughs> it, like it might actually make them do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know in the NHL there were some some players who didn't get vaccinated and they had to sit out uh, games well, against the Canadian teams.
0: Yeah, and then Kyrie Irving has played like twenty games for the Brooklyn Nets because of it.
2: Oh, oh that's right. Yeah.
1: All right, so uh, that is to say that uh, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem and Nick Dyka at Nick Dyka, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 227, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk at you next week.